A word before we jump in, this podcast is uncensored and full of spoilers. Consider yourself warned. Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. Bam! It's me, Nick, and I'm joined by... Sickening Note, Julie! How did you know that that was exactly what I was going to do for you? Uh, are we that intertwined, or am I that predictable? Same. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. And obviously, the light of our lives, Emma, as well. Yay! Hi! <laughs> Today, we are talking about... RuPaul's Drag Race, obviously, incessantly, always. We recap the end of season 12, which was a touch anticlimactic, but still entertaining. And we got the winner, America, and the rest of us deserve. And then we move on to a seismically different Drag Race experiment where the shade flows freely. All Stars 5. It was a good one. That was a fun one. They're always fun ones with you, Julie. Okay? It's a fun time. Well, we hope you have a fun time listening to our podcast, and we thank you for doing so. Enjoy. All right, so we took off last week in respect for what was everything that was going on, and I'm having like conflicted feelings about like wanting to acknowledge what's going on and also continue to be... I thought you said it really eloquently, Nick. What, can you explain that again about how we should or shouldn't say things as who we are? Go. So we always wanted this space to be just light and positive. There's so much darkness in our world and it seems to just be getting darker as the days progress. And this was always supposed to be a little haven in which we could just enjoy each other's company, make each other laugh, hopefully make you laugh and just spread some joy and positivity in a world that seems to act averse to those fundamental needs that we have as humans. And I think Julie and I both grappled with whether or not it was even our place to say anything, um, because obviously this is a movement that we respect and we are a part of, and we are doing everything in our current power to ensure that our voices are being lent to the proper resources and that we're being as actively anti-racist as possible, because it's not enough to simply exist and not be racist and learning that as just participants in this society, we are all inherently racist and sort of adjusting our mindset and realizing that there's a lot of work that we have to do and a lot of work that it's a privilege to do and to learn about rather than experience. And that is sort of been an eye-opening process for this. And, you know, this is a time when you can't be silent. And as much as we want this to be a super secure place, the fact that we have an opportunity to have this secure place is a privilege in and of itself. So we'd be very remiss not to acknowledge the fact that we live in a society that was founded on the oppression of black people during a pandemic that is disproportionately killing black people in a police state, essentially, where these people with immense power and money behind them can kill black people without recourse. So it's our job just as humans who live in the society and who don't want to be, you know, idle viewers on all of this happening to recognize our privilege and use that in a way to help other people. 
um, because there's a really beautiful poster I saw recently that it's like, you know, sort of Black Lives Matter. That's the bare minimum. Like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, but they also need to be celebrated. They also need to be given an opportunity and a platform and raised up. And it's our job to use our platform to help raise up those voices. Wow, that was really good, Nick. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, but Nick said it perfectly. No, well, you had the passion, too. It's just like, where does this matter? Like, in a lot of ways, it's like this is not our our place to bring these up. It is our place to sort of bring black voices to the forefront. But it's also important for us to do what we can and to be part of this movement because things aren't going to change unless we're all in it unified together. I mean, so many people, at least in my Instagram circle, went from defund the police, that's wild, to just like, oh, this is no longer a radical notion. We as a society disproportionately fund police services over healthcare and social services. And seeing those things, I think, had opened a lot of people's eyes. When you see that the, um, the how much it costs to weaponize a police officer as opposed to the PPE, it's like, $2,000 for their full militarized outfit, maybe more than that, like 15000 and then it's like $15 to, you know, we've got nurses in garbage bags working in triage, and then we've got stormtroopers, you know, on every, in every city in the country. Everyone's yeah. got full riot gear and full mask, and you're just like, wow, could you take those shields off and give them to the nurses who are like saving everyone's life right now? That seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah. You know, face shields off and hand them over. Um, and we're both, I know from being friends with you on Instagram and other platforms, donating and posting things that we think are great action items. Um, I definitely am struggling just to, you know, accept my part in everything, which is, you know, you can only really, I, I can have conversations with other people and I'll do the best that I can and I will continue to have those conversations. But to say to myself, where do, do my racisms lie from the media, from social media, from just this being in America and saying and acknowledging that, right? Because the goal... I. I am racist. You are racist. We as white people are racist. So how can we, what monster am I going to feed? Right? There's the thought that you have or the re reaction that you get and you think, okay, great. At least I'm aware of it because nothing can change if you're not aware of it. Right? So awareness is the first step of going, oh my gosh, I wonder if I feel that way because I've seen nothing but black men portrayed this way on television my entire life. So that's not an active thought for me. It might be implicit bias, any of those things, but really working on what I can do to be truthful and honest and move the conversation within myself so that I can have some action. Because if you are not aware of what's going on, why would you do anything about it? You know, if you're like, well, I'm not racist, I don't see color, it's not my problem. Well, I do see color. They, colors are facts, they're real things. Um, you know, I do see other things. And once I can get aware of that, then I can make some big movements. Um, so... It's super upsetting. It's awful. I'm sure once again, I think I said this before when, when Trump got elected and then the pandemic that, you know, you have to have all the darkness so that everything can come into the light. Right. So there's there's lights being shown on the shadows to bring everything out. And I think that the shock and awe of everyone that's trapped at home on the pandemic having to watch all of this and just be like, oh, my God, because if we weren't in this pandemic, you'd be like, oh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry that man died. Th that's right, Frank. But since we're stuck at home. You know, you're just like seeing it. You're inundated with it. You're like, oh, people are having reactions that I think well, we know have not had reactions to people in the past. Yeah. So let's keep fighting the good fight and do what we can and do more. Make ourselves uncomfortable. Get that stuff happening. It's really hard. It's really mm -hmm. and just acknowledging that, yes, we're at fault and it's still really hard. And let's do the work and let's get going. Right. Yeah. And let's make fun of men in wigs and. 
I would really like to start out politically by saying Megan McCain can suck it. And this was such a great week <laughs> because she lied on Twitter and she got caught and it was amazing. She said, oh, wait, where is that tweet? You should talk amongst yourselves. But I mean, nothing's better than my whole life coming together of Megan McCain getting blasted for lying on Twitter about something that was so dumb. I can't even tell you. I mean, I can't tell you. And I will tell you. Just wait one second until I find it. This is one of those parts where she's going to cut it out. Okay, here it is. Megan McCain. I'll try and do my best Megan McCain voice. Hold on. Let me clench my asshole and my uh, Kegel muscles. Okay. My neighborhood in Manhattan is eviscerated and it looks like a war zone de blasio and cuomo are an utter disgrace this is not america our leaders have abandoned us and continue to let great american cities burn to the ground and be destroyed i could never have fathomed this Kristen bartlett writes megan we live in the same building and i just walked outside it's fine turns out <laughs> megan's not even home megan's in virginia megan's full of fucking shit oh, oh my god it was such i mean schadenfreude oh. is a terrible thing but to watch that woman burn is fantastic <laughs> gorgeous there have been a lot of cancelings recently that just so pure, so important, so great. Because we live in a society where, like, Trump is trying to get, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Antifa and Antifa. Antifa. It's Antifa. Antifa. It's anti-fascist. Uh, that sounds like... Shouldn't we all be anti-fascist? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the gig. Um, but the KKK is still not a terrorist organization, like... Wild. It's fucking wild. The police throwing up KKK symbols to each. I mean, whatever. Anyway, back to Meghan McCain because she is the worst. So yeah. then um, they had Kamala Harris on yesterday and Kamala's talking about defund the police. And Megan's like, well, I know this is a new term and I'm not really sure what you mean. So are you for it or against it? And Kamala's like, well, you know, we really want to, most of the calls that come in for the police are not really meant for an armed guard to come They're My cat is lost. My kid is missing. My husband's beating me. Only 5% of those calls really require an armed person. So let's send the people who matter in, because that's what we're really talking about. And uh, Megan's like, well, are, are you for defunding the police or not? She's like, well, since you just said you don't really know what you're talking about, I'm trying to explain to you like this whole movement. Once again, can't get it. So then it gets even better. Today, um, the NFL and Roger Goodell says, we're sorry. You should have been allowed to kneel. They won't say we're sorry to you, Colin Kaepernick, but they said we're sorry we should have listened. We're on the wrong side of history. You can kneel. We're, our apologies. And then Sonny, God love her, said, <laughs> this was never about the flag. This was never about the anthem. This was about fighting against police brutality in the most nonviolent, peaceful way ever. And everyone owes Colin Kaepernick an apology, including you, Megan McCain. And she didn't say anything. Wow. <laughs> she just sat there and rotted in her lying white supremacy. <laughs> So, I mean, I have never really been into Twitter that much, but this this has been a really amazing time to be a part of the Twitterverse. I joined Twitter in 2009 to follow Kim Kleisters, my favorite tennis player, and now it's 2020, and I'm using it to stay up to date on how we're going to completely abolish the police. It is just such a wonderful platform with so many multifaceted uses, and it almost makes up for the fact that it basically got Trump elected. You think? I definitely helped the boss. He gets he gets super galvanized by engaging with the public by literally just tweeting into nothing. <laughs> His one today about how that old man fell harder oh than God. he was pushed and he's part of Antifa is one of my favorites. That's a really good one. First of all, Antifa sounds like something I need to talk to my doctor about <laughs> and should look out for rectal bleeding and a heightened sex drive. So Ira Madison the third from Keep It and 
uh, at daybreak. I just, he's the funniest person on the planet. So Gushers posted, Gushers wouldn't be Gushers <laughs> without the black community and your voices. We're working with at Fruit by the Foot on creating a space to amplify that. We see you. We stand with you. And Ira wrote, I've been waiting for this one. Thank you, Twitter. <laughs> I mean, good for them, right? Like, why not? But no, how great. ridiculous. The right, he, he also, did you see his tweet about um, he, what he thought was a white gay? Because it was straight out of the white gay playbook when this dude posted a supposedly artistic nude of himself. Oh, I saw that. Where the caption was just like, I've been listening. I've been learning. I'm here I've been doing you. what I can. And it was just like, turned out it was a straight man. And he was like, God damn. But that's totally white gay thing. There have been so many instances of like white gays changing their profile pictures from thirst trap shirtless selfies to them like in suits <laughs> as soon as they get called out for being super controversial and turning a movement trying to save black lives into an opportunity for them to gain followers. Well, since we missed out on last week, I think we at least owe it to ourselves to discuss what happened at the finale of season 12, which we watched for 10 Jane years. Jane Hall! Jane Hall! Jane Hall won! And oh my God! So deserving. So deserving. I was super excited. I was let down by the reunion itself, but that's just a personal problem. I don't care that RuPaul didn't have makeup or a filler and was wearing a stupid mask, but I'm come, I'm on the drama. I want the yeah, drama. I know. I know. That's why, oh my God, that's why All Stars already is just amazing. So I was listening to RuPaul's official Drag Race podcast, which I guess this isn't yet, but <laughs> Heidi in Closet was on there today and she was talking about India Farah being the epitome of classic drag. <laughs> and poor John had to say, Do you mean the epitome? And she goes, well, then what's epitome? And he's like, I think it's just how you really pronounce the word. She goes, I'm not having another epiphany moment. She's like, oh, my goodness. So much to learn. Oh. Which is why she won Miss Congeniality. But I was like, epitome? What are we talking about? Epitome? So cute. I love Heidi in Closet. And I love that she attempts to use all these big words. And she's just adorable. And no one's ever told her she's wrong. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go through mine really quick. Crystal as a pinata, hilarious. Crystal as a bird, funny for a second. Drag is meant to be seen from far away, so I don't really understand an up-close drag-off. Um, and then during the final song, I didn't see her at all. That's my Crystal. Yeah. Somebody explained to me, I don't think it was you two, but someone else I was talking to about Gigi. Oh, I know it was Drew. Um, that the thing about Gigi is it's not whether she's confident or cocky. It's that she's just really immature, right? She's just really immature. And everything she did was fine, but it wasn't like deep or anything. She looked great. She doesn't do it for me. Jada, amazing in the face thing, just because her hair was amazing. And then her at home was embarrassing. And then her finale was amazing. Yeah. And I'm so glad she won. Yes. Yeah. So very similar thoughts. Um, Jada, just absolutely stunning. I thought in like the close up one, there was a lot of hands, and I immediately was just like, man hands. Um, and then I just kept thinking of Tatiana, where she was just like, yeah, I've got big hands because I have a dick. And I was like, all right, Tati. Tati, you're right. Um, 
But I thought she was the most engaging just because she looked like a fucking lioness ready to claim that crown. And I was not going to stand in her way. Neither was fucking Gigi. Um, so I thought she won that. I do think Le- Gigi did well in the close up. Um, I think she did a lot of eye magic, which was helpful for the song. Like Jada really like entered and exited the frame like me when I'm trying to find my light, even though we're only recording my voice on this podcast. But. I thought that was good. And then Crystal, her makeup was just always too overwhelming to actually get any sort of emotion across. Like, she definitely, I was like, okay, we need to see her body because she has to lip sync with her body for me to get it. But then they did pan out, and I still was like, I'm not sure. But I love her. She's one of my favorite queens to come out of this franchise in a while. There were a lot of those, like Crystal and Heidi. So phenomenal. Um, and then I just like Crystal's drag. I, that pinata thing fucking sent me. I didn't mind the bird thing. I thought it was weird. I thought it was kooky. I like that she went in a different direction with it. I hope she doesn't get too much into the, like, I have to be weirdly outlandish for everything. So it no longer means anything and just realize that it never did. I know. I know. The wings really was just wings. Yeah. But we yeah. all we all wanted Jay to win, and we all thought Jada would win, and so and then she did good for us. and then she did, mm-hmm. and then the parade of everybody coming to congratulate her oh, outside so of her house, sweet. so cute, darling. I mean, other than she touched and kissed everyone, and they were having a parade to keep their distancing, but it was heartwarming and adorable and super sweet. Yeah, go she's, Milwaukee. Come on, Milwaukee has never finished anything besides number one. What? Milwaukee has always been number one. That's not true. Trixie yeah. lost many times. James Manfield or whatever. Like was the point. first to go home. Yeah. Number one. Um. <laughs> Trixie won All-Stars. All right. Moving away from Nick and on to All-Stars 5, which was the shit. I mean, it could be the end of just such an exhausting, painful week last week, but I don't think so because I rewatched it and I still loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I had so much fun. And it wasn't just because I had 18 white claws. It was an absolute (laughs) blast. Every moment I was like trying to grab Emma's hand, but then realizing halfway through that I couldn't clutch it. Um, And so I've been doing a lot more, like my wrists have gone away. I've just been (laughs) greeting everyone like, hello, like a a little weak ass marionette, um, player, operator, puppeteer. Puppet. Okay, first shocker. Shea Coulee walks in first. I'm thinking Shea Coulee's walking in last because she is the star. And yeah, her, right? she says, I'm black. Why okay. does she look so good? What Did she get her ears spinned back? Is she super, like, I don't know what it is. She looks amazing. She definitely got, great. her yeah. skin looks amazing. Yeah. I think she, she had amazing. that. The Chicago girls do that vampire facial thing where um, they sort of like poke, your face a bunch of times to release the blood, collect the blood, put in a centrifuge and then take the plasma out. And that's supposed to make you poreless and gorgeous for a couple weeks. Um, she also deaf had fillers, which look amazing. And she plumped up her lips a little bit too. She looks great. She looks the whole shape of her chain. She looks amazing. Next is Miss Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says, Cracking. <laughs> Guess who's cracking the house? That was fun. She like- seemed way in this year. I'm not, I was not as annoyed by her as I thought I would be. I thought she was yeah. really sweet. No, I, I love Miss Cracker and I think she's going to go far. She's a star. I adore her. I'm sorry. Am I getting really close to the mic? 
Are you? Can't you taste it? <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. My nose is most of my body mass, so occasionally it will exhaust me, and I have to rest it on the microphone. <laughs> I just get a little tired, and I just put it right there, and then my neck's okay. In walks Alexis Mateo. <laughs> Bam! Bam! Sick Sick no. No. It's Alexis's world, and the rest is parking. You fucking bet it is, bitch. Yes! I love her. I don't know why everyone's making cracks at her weight. She looks fine. Um... It's, it's an interesting weight lo- weight gain. She's not like got a big apple belly. You know what I mean? Her face is just really full. She yeah. just looks I mean, very that's different. What, that's what happens with people with bigger cheeks anyway and longer faces. When they gain weight, it goes right to Who the are you face. talking to? <laughs> I'm talking to You both don't ones. have a long face. Yes, I do. No, you do not. Emma? Yes, I do. Tiebreaker. No. I got the Tyra Banks five head and a long chin. I have a long face. All right, wow, not to shady. take. I know that your crack about your nose is really about how skinny you are, so not to take your identity <laughs> also as a thin person. But in walks a very undernourished Blair St. Clair. I do oh declare. my God. I know. She, I mean, she just doesn't look out. First of all, she's the youngest person who's ever been approved for Botox. She's a 12 year old boy Her and lips. yet has the lips and the Botox. That's my favorite part of Drag Race uh, All Stars initially, is just seeing who got what done. Her outfit was amazing. Her fashion was great. The big lips, I'm yeah. sure, don't help. And then they're like, I like that wet look on you or whatever. And she's like, that's what your man said last night. I'm like, ooh, been hanging out in the clubs. Silver Blair St. Clair. I don't know. Just whatever. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Like the, so the man says, <laughs> I, like, what, I, don't, I don't understand it. So she said, girl, she's wet. And that's what your man said last night. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. She's so when wet. you say it out loud, slowly. it's We're going to gloss over the fact it took me 12 <laughs> minutes to get this. It's fine. In I walks just, like, Mariah Balenciaga. <laughs> monster. In a room full of tens, I'm here to save the day. What? What? Is <laughs> what? I will say I do love Mariah Balenciaga a lot. Um, just because her voice is so... It's like somatic nourishment for my brain. Um, do you have fond memories of her? I know she's pretty, but I, she does not stick with me. I Emma, don't have you watched that season lately? I have not. No, I haven't gone back to free yet. We'll see. She is a favorite, though. Like People have a lot of affinity for her. People bring her up a lot, but she doesn't do anything for me. In walks India Farah, remodeled, Boo. remastered, and ready for action. No, I fucking hate India Farah. And here's why. I, first of all, she's not an all star. She was on season 11, or she was on season three, went home like 11th, and made no impact. And it's like, okay, she was picked up by Mimi on first, so now she gets a story? Like, bullshit. It makes no sense. Well, then she hated drag and she quit drag and she said shit about everybody. And I just don't think she has very much personality. And she is stuck back in the old drag days. And she's just not very pretty. I don't. I mean, we'll get to the lip sync, which she slayed. I mean, she didn't win it, but she still was great. I thought. Yeah. But I just don't like her essence or personality her drag or her looks <laughs> or seeing her on my screen. And so it's very or tough her breathing for... and being alive. And <laughs> which is why I do think she's going to be around for a while. I bet you she goes next week. She got her redemption. She won. She got to boot off Derek Barry. Bye. 
It's going to be Angina or Mayhem next week. Oh, poor Angina. Self-esteem level issue problems. Problems. <laughs> problems. In walks Jujubee. Third time's a charm. Ah! I love Jujubee more than any other, most other drag queens. She is one of my absolute favorites. I'm dressed for all your funerals because I'm going to kill you all. The dress was not great. Um, it did very much look like something that I could make if I was like, you know what? I want to look like Elizabeth Hurley in that paper clip, whatever, pin dress. And that's what I made. Um, it was like that, but her old grandmother, I don't know. It was just, it was not a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's been a long quarantine. Jujubee is another person that everybody just loves. I don't remember her being I adore very her. nice to everybody. She wasn't. <laughs> and that's fine. No, I think, I mean, she is so funny. I adore her. She's hilarious. Her looks are fine. Um, she looks solid. She's a lip sync assassin. She's never lost a lip sync. Yeah, but that one where she and Raven are like crying as superheroes singing together. I wanted a double cut. Bye. Yeah, that was trash. But when she was so shit-faced in black velvet that she was just on the floor the whole time. That's why they like, can't black drink. Black velvet. I know, because of her. And her real name is Airline. That's terrible. It's Airline? Yeah. What? Her real like, name is Airline. Like Airline yeah. Pilot? Yeah. Like Pretty a pilot? Much. It's a true story. Airline. Airline. Didn't you not know that? They talk about it a lot in the last episode. Hold on. Hold on for one more second. Jujubee is the stage name of Airline Inthrath, an American drag queen and reality star, a person known from Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah, they were immigrants, and they named her Airline. So there you go. Now for the highlight of the show, in walks, hey, Derek, you're going home. I know. When I saw her, Emma, what did I do when I saw her screen? I want to say you screamed, but I honestly I, remember. I screamed. I scream at everything. But she does not belong there. She is not an all-star. She did not elevate her drag. But as soon as she and India had beef, I was like, I need this every week for the rest of my life. And I thought for sure that they would never send her home because she is the Gia Gun cause all the trouble. You yeah. know what I mean? So when she left, I was like shocked. But I came back to show you I can do more than Britney, but I'm going to come in too hideous Britney outfits that don't fit with terrible shoes. And Bob said on the pit stop, he's like, I love Derek. He's like, I really do. But that outfit was garbage. Garbage. Um, but the thing that I most appreciate um, from Derek Barry being part of All-Stars 5 is simply, I did not realize how much of a cutthroat, bitchy, reading sensation she is. All of the press she has done since then has just been inspired. I've adored it. Oh my gosh. And like, I thought she thought she was so stupid, and I think she is. But when Michelle Visage said in Whatcha Packin' or Whatcha Unpackin', whatever that fucking show's called, um, like, why do you work well with India? And she's like, well, we don't, we don't work at the same places. She's like, well, it's that big of a city. Las Vegas isn't Derek. And she's like, well, you know, I travel, and she's fine staying local. <laughs> so. Which is just like my new shade for everything. I was like, she's fine staying local. Like, I travel the world. She's just. She's local. She's a local bitch. Well, I effing hated her on season eight, and I hated her just... I'm sad that I won't get to just be 
mad at her for weeks. Yeah. Because she is a demon. Demon. In walks Mayhem, the drama, Miller. I do not get Mayhem. I do not understand. I know you like Mayhem, but for me, it just... Derek didn't make sense to be on there. I know Mayhem is like a, a big deal, or at least she knows people have been on Drag Race for a while, um, which is great. I guess nepotism is fine, but she just does not... I do not find her engaging. To her one lip sync where it was to like celebrity skin by Hole or whatever, which is so random and amazing, um, where she was tearing off her feathers, fine. That was fine. But Mayhem is just like not good. Agreed. Do you agree? Not, I thought you loved her. I mean, I like her energy and I love her energy on Instagram. I, I think she could be one of those people who just can't turn it on the TV. Yeah. You know? It's one thing to be in a club and have hundreds of people yelling for you and a couple shots and feeling great. It's another thing for it to be like nine o'clock in the morning in front of all these other queens and a TV. She just might, you know, Trixie's so much more fun on YouTube than she was on the show. You know, I always liked her talking heads as much as her challenges or more. I just don't think it might be her thing, but everyone, you know, loves her and thinks she's the best. Back to, oh, Aunt Gina. <laughs> I think we're on Mayhem. that comes in. No, oh, I had, you still want to talk I had about a Mayhem. point. I had oh, a point. Please. <laughs> Write that down, everybody. Nick has a point. Everyone needs to calm the fuck down because I have something. I have something to say. I feel like Peppermint, which you couldn't say fashion. It's fashion. So I do think that a lot of these queens who are well known in certain drag circles um, and have a lot of their friends that make it onto their show and apply season after season after season get a little bit of a complex when suddenly they're not making it and they feel like this is finally their opportunity and they blow it in a sense. Nina West got that way a little bit for me because she had tried out forever. Mayhem too. I know. And then bitches like Aquarius are like, so they came to me and asked me to audition. You're like, shut up Aquarius. Nobody needs to I know. know I know. Although she's slaying it and calling people out about not standing up for Black Lives Matter right now. She's like, RuPaul's Drag Race, um, I see that you're finally posting something. Would you like to match me with donations today? They're, he's like, crickets. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of racism in the drag fandom, too. Oh, we know that for sure by the amount of likes people get. And poor Mayhem. I mean, there's not a black queen. I mean, God, Monet posted just some hate, hate, hate speech that she gets on the daily. Mm. On the daily. Way to bring it down, Nick. Okay, back to Angina, the teeny tiniest person in the biggest costume ever. She looked great. Yeah, she she looks stunning. Best dressed for sure. Um, I'm like, I I don't like. I don't really understand why Angina's back. I why so many people wanted her back. Like I get you want season one. That's how I feel about Choo B though. Angina was a trailblazer. She was a bald queen. She came out about her HIV status. She okay. just was like truly herself. She was a big, it was a, she's a trailblazer. Okay. I've never Rick. seen season one. That's part of it. Season one is awful, but <laughs> seeing Angina stand out there and say her truth was a really big deal in the middle of this horrible America's Next Top Model takeoff show with people being filmed behind Vaseline. Yeah. So, but <laughs> you know, I mean, Choo Choo just, you know, I have those feelings about Angina because you're just like, wow. I mean, I feel the same way about Pedro from the real world Los Angeles. He also mm -hmm. is HIV positive. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> right. 
All right, Angina can say. I still think Angina is going home though soon. Oh, for sure. Her confidence level is terrible. And after this week, she got dragged um, and couldn't <laughs> handle it at all. Dragged, right. huh? <laughs> and then. In the walks Ricky Martin. Sensuality jumped oh, out. Just, I don't remember feeling any type of way growing up and seeing Ricky Martin on my screen. Really? Even though, yeah, really? even though. Okay, everyone, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I'm expressing Ricky an Martin. opinion on our podcast where I'm literally paid nothing to do so. Um, Ricky <laughs> Martin, twelve dollars. Yeah. So, like in retrospect, now everything he does is so sexual and so sensual and so erotic. It's called bag piping. Did you not think he had ill-fitting clothing on? Yeah, he looks especially like for dad. a gay man. Yeah, I, it was so weird. Well, he his is a face dad. is gorgeous. Oh yep. my god, looks like he's in shape. He seems like the nicest person ever. You're like, this outfit is terrible, only to be matched by your runway outfit, which is also terrible. I think. I mean, it's a look. I do see some of the gays rocking that. It's sort of like normcore, athletic leisure wear type stuff. I feel like it usually fits, though. I feel like it's usually a fitted shirt and fitted pants. They're going more baggy these days. The gays. Well, he's still gorgeous. He's still adorable. He and RuPaul and their little bit was like a terrible moment from some Emmys winning show where they're trying to play off of each other and it's not funny. And <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's like who's on first except they're only using baseball terms. Wait, no, RuPaul's football terms. so old. <laughs> When he started drag, the rainbow flag was black and white. It's like, that's that's not funny in English or Spanish. It's just not funny. I mean, I think whatever gay that's not attractive enough to be on screen who wrote that, I think it was funny then. I thought I thought it was fine. Am I wrong? I, I guess so. <laughs> and I then the fake so. smacking of each other. No, I just need Ricky Martin to stand there and look handsome. Well, mm-hmm. as soon as if he happens to shimmy a little bit, I wouldn't be mad about it. Oh my god! Or shake his bonbon all day mm-hmm. long. He is just so endearing. Did you see that video of him making out with his husband? No. <laughs> just is it good times? Good times. Take and then take me away. Ricky Martin's actually attractive. <laughs> no, I like looking back on Ricky Martin. I mean, seeing Ricky Martin now, yes, very sexually attractive. Then did that register for me? No, I was like six and still trying to make myself super into Kelly Kapowski. So on to the library. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. The library is open. It was pretty good. It was way better than season 12. Because they had one. They had an official one. I know, but anytime they did any sort of reading, it was just embarrassing. Blair was a surprise, obviously. I would like to see the unedited, uncut, pure reads of everyone. That's my true dream. But Jujubee is hilarious. Do you not agree? She was very funny. I thought that Mariah Balenciaga's Shay, I hope you're not so emotional, and she shook the roses on. I was like, if she had better delivery, that would have been the gag of the show, but she didn't. Someone wrote that for her, and it was great, and she almost sold it, but... It didn't get me there. And then Blair, when she's like, India Farah, I'm pausing so you can Google it. I was like, oh, boy. yes. And remi- Blair Sinclair's reminded me of Melks, where she was just behind her helmet of hair and like realized that she wasn't funny. So she was just talking super lilting and slowly and was like, 
Shangela, I thought your name was Angela, and everyone was just telling you to shut up. Which is hilarious, actually. That That is is super funny. That is super funny. But it just like it was sort of that. It's like there was funny content, but I didn't love the uh, delivery. India Farah seemed generally injured by Derek Barry making fun of her. I mean, Derek Barry is ruthless. God. <laughs> it's like not even really trying to be funny. Just like, I'm going to say some shitty things to you now. Which she was the same way in season eight, too, though. So yeah, mean to Naomi this when they have I've their fight. Yeah. And Bob's like, Derek is going in. He's like, these yeah. two really do not like each other. Yeah. Sorry, Derek Barry. And Clueless. But still part of a thruple, which I thought he wasn't anymore. But Same. I thought he only had the um, skinny, lanky one. I guess they need a top. But so the drama is that Am one I of wrong? his thruple mates, one of his thruple mates is Nebraska Thunderfuck, Alaska's daughter, and took over where like India not, had quit. It's not her real daughter. She was literally assigned to do so on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like she's not her nurtured daughter. Okay. <laughs> but like drag, those are sacred relationships where you sire yeah. or tend to a young drag queen. Alaska was forced. Nebraska has a show at whatever piranha place that India used to do and does something shitty about her in it. But when, when they showed at least 14 times, Derek going, you called her a pig in a wig. I'm like, oh my God, that's funny. That's just straight <laughs> up funny. Anyway, so it's going to be a variety show. So what's your favorite variety show performances of all time? Tatiana Reed, you wrote you 100%. Hands down, my number one favorite. It's not called Reggie Wrote You. Because that's same parts. It's same parts. But I did watch the only Reggie Wrote You videos that I watch on YouTube are the ones where they replace Roxy's verse with Tatiana's. Because <laughs> that's the only way I can handle it. Everybody loves Roxy's verse. Um, Tatiana's was great. That was my favorite <laughs> of that season. I can do. I still am very memorable of Katya's. Gymnastics routine. I don't know why. I think it's just because we love her. Because it's like it's fine. But I mean, she make she's like owning that it's just fine and still. Also, it. major Heidi in closet moment. I'm very memorable about the uh, the performance. It's like she's with me right now. When she's walking in her hands. like back walk over and her doll's head is like going back and forth. I just love it. I watched it a million times. And she takes that yawn to go down to the super uh-huh. so split. I just love her. And Alaska's is really funny. Alaska's yeah. funny. I, in season three, uh, like both Aja and Kennedy were like electrifying, you know. On the box? Mm-hmm. On the box, off the box, you know. <laughs> Here's a hint. Don't sing live. Anybody. Even Juju B. Even oh. Juju B who can sing. Don't. No. Nobody wants a torch song in their variety act. No. It never that's when you need well. to take a breath. Never. Like, that's why Alaska's was so good because she made fun of singing <laughs> and taking it too seriously. <laughs> and she looked insane. And it was just great. Uh-huh. Yeah, Tatiana's was really good. Chi-Chi's was terrible. Trixie on the harpsichord. Also, I'm not here for that either, Trixie. Like, <laughs> that can be in your one-woman show, but Except like. Except for I love that song so much, so I let her have it. But yeah. If you want to win, make RuPaul laugh. That is what mm-hmm. she wants. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want like silly. Mm-hmm. So in this one, I thought 
Blair singing was terrible. I would have put her in the bottom two. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Mayhem was awful. Derek was terrible. Terrible. So bad. No. Why was that what you came with? (laughs) You know know. there's a variety show. Okay, you're going to do impressions. Why 15 in one minute? (laughs) (laughs) And let me announce them first, because I'm obviously not good (laughs) enough at them for you to just guess who I'm doing. And it yeah. doesn't make sense that all of these celebrities are showing up in the same minute. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. It felt it felt very much like Heidi and Closet's um, cookout thing. And she said that on the RuPaul on the podcast. She said, "I feel like she suffered from the same thing I did, just doing too much and not giving space and just picking a couple people to really do it." So at yeah. least she had that insight. Whereas like Derek's like, "Or I could have done Britney and won." It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like you didn't have any qualms about being like, "I want them to see the new me." <laughs> it's Brittany. <laughs> Still. Still. And you know, Brittany's kind of retired, so you can just be Brittany now. It's fine. If he had come, if he had fucking come in with a candle and melted gym equipment, I'd be howling. That would have been amazing. I don't think it had happened yet. I don't think he has a sense of humor. I mean, he's obviously smart enough to find the dig and push people's buttons, um, yeah. but not funny. Now, when they set us up to think that India was going to fail, I totally bought into it. I'm like, oh no. This is going to be awful. And then she was great. Sensational. She really sold it. I don't know that that's what she wanted her hair circles to be like, but I loved it. The whole thing was honestly pretty good. It was, um, (laughs) that's high praise. Um, I just feel like she's sort of like a one trick pony. And I don't love when drag queens, I mean, I get it. They're drag queens. Their talent is performing in front of people and having dance numbers and lip syncing. That's the gig. But I always thought the talent show should be like more of a showcase of the whole person, the holistic drag queen. And then it's just like they got all of their tricks out. And then if they are in lip sync for your life, lip sync for your legacy, anything, it's just like you've already seen it. And then India Farah basically did the same routine when she lip synced against Evie Oddly. I mean, yes, that running cartwheel flip over thing. Somersault. Is that what those are called? <laughs> yes. But her her song was drag is not a contact sport. And then she went right into Evie. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? And Evie's like broken. She's got whatever her disease is. You shouldn't be running into Evie. What does Can she we have? Just, she has some sort of, Evie has like uh, ehlers donlers It's like a joint and muscle disorder that's super painful. Mm. Um, which is why she gets really tired doing all her contortion shit. But can we just say that if every lip sync assassin is going to turn the party like fucking Evie Oddly, we're going to have oh, the best season. so here for it. Oh, my God. After so many mediocre lip syncs on the regular season, this was amazing. Okay. First of all, Alexis Mateo and her song, hilarious. She was great. Oh, Alexis Ricky Martin. was also solid. Yeah, yeah. Ricky, Ricky Martin was so into it. It was so cute, even though he was wearing like a Halloween outfit, like a black outfit with an orange jacket. Why? Anyway. She was so into it, and she was, as Michelle said, having so much fun. You were like, that's what I want. I want to have fun. Mariah Balenciaga's performance was deep, but performed by the wrong person. Her delivery of her reading was just as bad as her delivery as of this performance for me. What she had to say was awesome, yeah. but the tone in which she talks is not inspiring to me. I kind of loved it. Great. I did. I'd like, I love, I mean, I love performative shit. And I loved that, especially in the moment. Like, it got me. I'm the person that's like, if you play violins and piano, 
a ballad over anything. It could literally just be Crystal regurgitating into her own mouth. I'll start crying. Like, if I have the proper score behind me, I'll start crying. I'll at least get emotional. <laughs> um, it did not do it for me. All right. What did I you mean, say? I, I liked the content, but it just didn't do it for me. Just didn't do it. Who That's else was missing? Blair was boring uh, for Cracker me. Cracker and Shay. Oh, Cracker was funny. Cracker was fun. Yeah. She was on brand, but not annoying about it. Shabbat Shablam is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> entire life. I'm like, she did not just say Shabbat Shablam. <laughs> and then Shay's uh, pole dance. She turned the looks. She did what she had to do to be safe. You don't want to come out as the strong runner. So then I don't know who you guys were thinking the lip sync assassin was. Anyway, India Farrah wins. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why I'm telling you. But. <laughs> and then in the bottom is Derek Berry and Mayhem because Mayhem came out strong and then tried to sing along and didn't know the words. And I mean, people who are memes tend not to do well upon returning to All Stars, Jasmine Masters, and I oop lost. And then Mayhem Miller was like, what is that I see? Me in the bottom again. It's just like, you, you can't really translate a meme into a performance. Brown cast stunning. Sponge. I didn't, Sponge I, And I hated both of those. I hated both of those. I liked Monique's. I thought Brown cast stunning. She could sing and she could dance and she didn't mumble up the words. But Mayhem did not. Didn't work. So then they're like, all right, India Fair, here you well, go. Well, then You're Angina, did we talk about Angina being uh, absolute mm. trash? I thought it was fine. She I was just well, dancing they, to RuPaul they, songs. But they cut, they clearly cut out the part where she flubbed because everyone was like, I thought Angina should have been in the bottom. I mean, was she supposed to be lip syncing? I just thought she was dancing and turning looks. I, I think Angina is adorable. It was at least entertaining. I was yeah. bored by Blair. I was bored by Juju B, even though her voice is beautiful. I thought Agina was cute. She's pandering to RuPaul by playing all RuPaul songs. Come on. I know. Fair. That's fair. Do you think I'm going to die? No one ever texts me. And since we've been on this, I've gotten seven texts from like random people. <laughs> I don't think that means you're going to die. It Why is everyone contacting like me today? I'm telling you, of the seven texts I've re received since we started, I've not heard from four of these people since the pandemic started. Oh, I just really? don't know why today is the day. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> is it your uh, birthday? Um, if it were, don't you think you should know that? But would I? Yes. <laughs> N Emma would have told you, or Facebook. That's true. <laughs> Emma would so, have told me. I, don't, I guess I didn't trust in the fact that there would be great lip sync assassins who could come out and just fucking turn it. But God, Evie oddly killed it. Oh, so fun. Can I've never her seen her lip sync. Oh, her lip sync against Brooklyn Heights is the only good thing about season 11. Hands down. Says the person that still hasn't watched it, but yes. Or watch the lip sync. <laughs> when she creeps across the stage behind India Farah, I literally laughed out loud. When so she shook funny. her hair off, when she pulled her clothes. She's fucking crazy, and I loved it. <laughs> and she knew the words, and her mouth was in it, and her eyes were crazy. Oh, my God. As annoying as she is, which she is. She is um, very annoying. She's hard to listen to, but man, she can turn it. I was so jazzed. I was like, wow. Yeah, I think she's, I think she's the best lip syncer in RuPaul's Drag Race history. Well, let's Sorry. hope not because Herstory. we've got several more episodes to go. Well, there are still great ones, but I think Evie Oddly is just like, boom. Who she else did the do work. We think? 
Alyssa Edwards. Obviously, yeah. Maybe Coco Montrese, because if you do the right song, she knows all the right words. Yeah. The, her, her, um, her sleeve's very stunning. I mean, drag Dita Montese out there. She did a great one for Natalie <laughs> Cole before Natalie Cole passed away. Um, Latrice sometimes. Latrice sometimes can be great. Tatiana and Alyssa had that great Shut Up and Drive oh. one together. Oh. Detox, if it's not the wow, wow, wow song. She's amazing. I mean, Alaska won all of hers on All Stars. It's true. I don't think of her as Lipstick, lipstick Assassin, though. That's fair. That's probably accurate. Oh, Trinity K. Bonet. Yes. Let's yes. see if she'll do it. That would be fun. So to good. Oh, my God. That made me question all kinds of life. When she was, what song was it that she did? And she's just like laying on the floor. It wasn't, I was lost in the illusion. I was like, that is a woman. That is yeah. crazy. She was amazing. I, that's in vogue. Was there a preview for next week? I didn't see it if there was. I didn't see one. Not either. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> But I'm super excited about it. I hope it stays at this really high level. <laughs> Have you been consuming other contents besides the drags? And Twitter? No. I mean, I've been... <laughs> I'm not. Um... Well, I'm very much, I'm just getting back to work. So I'm basically uh -huh. sleeping, dreading it. And then I'm working. And then I'm so exhausted by the three hours that I'm working. <laughs> that I go home and go to bed. It's not a joke. I mean, having to see people, I was like, I can't wait. And now I'm like, this is super draining. And I remember saying the whole time, I can't imagine how people are doing this and seeing people and having kids and relationships and pets and everything. But I can yeah. obviously only deal with myself. But yes, you're right. Dealing with people is a lot. That's exhausting. God, and having to fucking lead them and them being so annoying. It's just exhausting. Well, I've been upgraded to Lieutenant along with Olivia Benson as we make <laughs> it into season 18 of SVU. Amazing. Oh and all week they were like, you should stop watching these police dramas that glorify the police. I'm like, but I'm almost done. And I <laughs> see so great. Ice-T's the best tw tweeter ever besides Ira Madison. He just makes me laugh all the time. Donald Trump was like, law and order. And he was like, fuck you, Trump. I was like, yeah. That's uh, great. So I can't. I just can't. Although it has turned into Touched by an Angel. Do you remember that show? There's been a lot of like Jesus-y moments and like come to Jesus moments and God loves gays and God loves trans people. And you're just like, okay, Marishka Hargitay, executive producer, producer, Catholic. I met my husband in church. Blah, 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 blah. I know. It's like, I get it. You're not, you're not who? Roma Downey. Okay. Right. But I did watch this YouTube video of Peter Herman, her husband, reading thirsty tweets about himself. Yeah. What a hilarious guy. He is great. I he, love him. You should watch Younger. I know he talked about it. Did he? <laughs> you should watch it. Well, if only the first season wasn't trash, maybe I would get to the second. Did you? You'd only made it to two episodes. I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go with a season's longer. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. In like season three of SVU, Sutton Foster's on there, and she's great. So I don't know why she can't act on Younger. She can't. Give her time to grow into her role. Whatever the other, um, oh boy, Gilmore Girls Girl spinoff. No, the Bun, Gilmore Girls. Bunheads. 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 She couldn't act yeah. on that either. No. All right. 
That's well, one episode of SVU, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's not just because it's a uh, show that you genuinely like already? I mean, do I like it or am I living it? I don't really know what to tell you at this point. <laughs> bum, bum. I mean, I think I told you two in person, but not to our listeners. And I'm going to repeat my story of how SVU has changed my life and you're not going to ruin it. <laughs> so there was a car parked by my, one of my jobs in Blue Ash. And they've been parked there for the entire pandemic. And we're like, should we get this car towed? There's a giant cooler in the back. Maybe there's a dead person in there. What have you. And so I was like, I don't know, let's investigate. So I look in and it says like downtown and Oakley or Blue Ash or something. And I was like, wait a minute, this car, somebody that works for this restaurant, this is their car. They live downtown and they don't have to pay for their parking during the pandemic. So they left it up here, dropped the mic, solved. Emma told me that's not exactly true. It's a company vehicle, but I still realized (laughs) there was no danger and that it was part of that restaurant and that my detective skills did a great job either way. So finely honed right now. Right? Mm-hmm. If I do have to watch one more single woman opening her door while someone comes behind her and pushes her in and then <laughs> rapes and or murders her, getting from my car to the house right now is a struggle. A oh struggle. my God. I did watch Just Mercy, you know, because the internet told me to. And it was super sad and eye opening. And right after we defund the police, I think we should defund the prison system and really overhaul that shit because it is intense well my highly recommendation this week is my highly recommendations i am turning into heidi in closet (laughs) (laughs) is to seek out that john oliver 30 minutes it's on youtube right now it's so good about the police and then lighter trixie makes a easy bake oven uh cookie and the batter is 30 years old and she still tastes it so oh my god that was amazing Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. (laughs) The awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. (laughs) We love you, Frank.